Come on, technology. Counting on you. No. Yes. Are we going? Okay. Holy shit. Take three. TPC uh-huh. 132. July 8th, 2020. 4.27 p.m. Eastern Time. Take fucking three. God damn it. My buddy Phil. This stupid uh-huh. fucking technology isn't working. For everyone listening, the podcast is available on Spotify, BitChute, and DTube. All the links of which I will put in the top comment or whatever. It's my buddy Phil. Take fucking three. Internet's dropping. Skynet's clearly sitting in on us. They heard our conversation about coronavirus and the UFOs. But um, yeah. it, we'll jump right back to it. Mm-hmm. UFOs are next. And you yeah. agree. What do you Maybe. Th- what do you think? I think uh, I think that would be maybe not next, but it'd be welcome at this point. Welcome. Uh, how how much worse can it get? Yeah, uh, who who says that it has to be bad? Right. Why do Why do? I mean, I saw one meme a while ago, and I mean, part of it was like like a fourteen year old edgy meme, but part of it kind of made sense, and it was like, it's like we fear aliens, how aliens will treat us. We're scared of a superior organic being because of how we treat inferior organic beings on Earth. Yeah, exactly. True. I mean, but I wouldn't mind being like the lapdog of an alien. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, as long as they don't want to probe us too much. I mean, do you probe your dog? No. (laughs) Exactly. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) I mean... Dude, I had to put down my dog last month. He was 17 and a half. And I just think of how... Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's, But I think about, like, the wonderful life he had. And just, like, how, like, all I wanted to do ever was just, like, make him happy, carry him around, bring him outside. Even when he, like, couldn't walk anymore. Just still, like, I just wanted him to, like, have the best time ever. And I was thinking the other day, I was at Popeye's getting a, a chicken sandwich this podcast sponsored by Popeyes and I was yeah and I was thinking like sitting in line I don't know what made me think of it but I was like man how like how crazy is like a dog's life just like your owners love you they just Mm -hmm. love you all day sleep in the sun just eat just and they're your best friends you're just psyched to see them and they're psyched to see you like they get out of work and they're like, man, I just want to go see my dog. And your dog's like, yo, and they're like, yo, and you just, how big is a bed, man? Even if you're a golden retriever, a bed is still like the equivalent of like you walked in and found like a 20 by 20 foot mattress. Like a house is huge. Yeah. A house is like a mansion to you. You're just going for rides. You don't have to pay taxes. Man. And then you see other dogs and you're like, yo, and they're like, what's up, man? And you're just like, you don't know what's going on and it's really just bliss i mean a dog's life yeah and i was thinking like how how crazy is that and then i was like would i mind being like a pet to some like god tier alien they just like i'm simple-minded and they're like oh he doesn't even understand the stresses of quantum tunneling like he's just my good boy and i'd be like fuck yeah i'm your good boy man (laughs) i should see that I could see them living to be like twelve hundred years old too, and they pity us because we. Oh only yeah, to yeah. Be. That's the problem with owning a human. You always outlive them. <laughs> yeah. Only live to be like eighty or ninety. Yeah. If you treat them real well. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. 
and they yeah they'd even give you like the best food and shit because you'd be like vets like this is the food that gives your dog a good coat they'd be like we only give tommy the finest sushi because it clears up his acne and i'll be like yeah man it clears it's great and it's just yeah you'd see like other humans and other ufos and you'd freak out like if you saw like your buddy from high school on like a different ufo and you guys are passing in space you'd be like like, you'd be like dave Dave, Tom, Dave, Tom, you, you're in one too. I'm in one too. It'd be like, yeah, and you just freak out. Yeah, that's what it would be. Uh-huh. I don't think I would mind that, man. I well, don't. That's yeah. That's uh. That's what's next, and uh, it would certainly be interesting. I would hope, for the sake of my children and my dogs, that it didn't cause some sort of apocalypse or uh, yeah, widespread anarchist panic but we've already we've already tested the waters of anarchy here in seattle i was about to work out i was about to say man i was like wait phil's in seattle i i didn't know i didn't know that chaz or chop it was already broken up i didn't know that i thought it was still going i thought it was still trucking yeah no they broke it up because enough people died where they were finally like okay we need to close it down and uh, I think it was mostly gang violence, which I, I kind of thought was going to happen at the first place. I was yeah. like, well, if there's no cops in there, then like all the the, the like gangs and stuff are going to go to that area to like do their drug deals. And then they're all going to be there and then they're going to have their turf wars like in, right in this little tiny area that's like essentially the size of, I don't know, like five or six football fields. Yeah. You just put them all right next to each other. And that's what happened. And uh, unfortunately, some young people got killed. And then so they finally shut it down after that. But then, yeah, you might have heard um, about the pedestrians that were hit. That did not. I, I, un- I unplugged for like a week. I needed it. Uh, the what's uh, the big the big story right now is uh, like, for one thing, I work uh, a night shift. So I have to drive through downtown Seattle around 10 o'clock and that was right about then is every night the the um chop people would do like a pilgrimage from the east precinct which they like the police abandoned and they took over that area they would do a march to the west precinct to demand police defunding and police uh, reform and so forth and they would cross over the freeway i-5 which is like the main freeway from canada to mexico it's like the main drag yeah and they would um they would close down the freeway so like when i was going to work i had to divert and like take this back road all the way up to work and uh it was like a week ago i think just just about a week ago they had i-5 closed again and there were some people on on i-5 and uh, a car came a, a car like went around a barricade or went the wrong way up a ramp or something and went screaming through there and hit two people oh and fuck one of them has died oh shit the other one though seriously injured I hear she's recovering and she's made some posts on Facebook Jesus. and uh, and so forth and um, I don't I don't agree with I'm somewhere in the middle between like the extreme the extremes of of the argument just but, a normal uh, you're just a, yeah you're just a normal person yeah, <laughs> yeah. just a normal person. <laughs> just just a dude and uh, <laughs> yeah so um 
So I didn't think that they should have been on I-5, but I certainly don't think that they sh- should have uh, been injured in any way either. No, no. Uh, so it's, that's heartbreaking that a young woman lost her life. She was only 24 years old. Jesus. And this, this other woman um, that was injured, she's like 30, 32 or so. But something kind of spooky was the girl that passed away. Her name was Summer. And I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. But this other girl that got hit, her her name is Diaz Love. So we got Summer and Love. Summer of Love. And, yeah, and just earlier in uh, the whole CHOP uh, fiasco, before it turned violent, the, the mayor called it the Summer of Love. Ooh. So like the summer of love has been killed by violence, like quite, oh, God damn it, quite literally. Like what, what is going on? We're in a simulation. Um, We're in yeah, a simulation, simulation, man. Confirmed. It is. Yeah, Confirmed. it's. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like you know, part of me, there's just like my, you know, because my life isn't upside down. I have the luxury of just enjoying things status quo. So when I see shit pop up like Chaz, I'm like, fucking sh-. Even though I've never, well, I went to California for a med school interview seven years ago, but I've never even gone like west of Atlanta. I'm in Maryland now. So like, it's not even, but just, you know, by general, I was just like, man, fuck those people. Like, shut it down. Just like bulldoze it. And then I was like, then I started thinking like, why? Like, why not let it, why not let them try? And I was like, what, you know, part of me was like, I hope they defund the police just so it like devolves into chaos. But then I was like, why, why would I wish that? Like defund the police and like, maybe something cool happens. Like, why do I have to be some pessimistic asshole? Like, so then I took that stance where I was like, see what happens. Like, what if something great happens? Like, maybe it's, man, all, all the best inventions they all happen by accident. So I was like, who, maybe this, maybe we look back at a hundred years and it's like, ah, yes, the turning point. There's like BC, AD, and then it's like after chop. And it's like, yeah, that's when like peace just flourished from earth and we entered a new age of utopia. Like, okay, cool. Maybe it just had to happen like that. So then I started taking that stance and you know, my naivety and my (laughs) doe-eyed, like maybe this is love, but yeah, it seemed like some people got shot and you're telling me hit by a car summer of love was poetically killed so yeah. it didn't work but it's it's easier for me because i don't have a family or kids and i don't live in seattle whereas you have all of those so like i can look at it as like a sort of it's like a distant it has no more weight to me than like a new meme it's like oh let's see what happens it's like a netflix show yeah, just let it go. Let it run. But then, like, you're a real person. You're no, there. Honestly, that, and that's a that's a grain of sand in Seattle. That was, it's a very small area. Um, it is one of the most, most dense areas of Seattle, Capitol Hill. It's, like, where all the young people want to live. It's one of the most high-rent, nowhere-to-park yeah. fucking areas of Seattle. But, um, I mean, from where we are, like, I'm, I'm probably about... Uh, eight or nine miles from there and that's like a different world really i'm more or less i'm more or less in the suburbs of west seattle yeah and uh though um capitol hill's not downtown it's just downtown adjacent Mm -hmm. it's just a short walk like down the hill basically into downtown but 
Yeah, that doesn't affect us much over here, but um, defunding the police, it would be nice to demilitarize the police. Sure. Yeah. So that they're not a hammer looking for a nail at all times. Yeah. Everyone just locked and loaded with massive, massive armor resistant or mine resistant trucks that used to be in Fallujah. Yeah, you don't that, really need those. That's sort of like the thing with the the feller that was killed in in Atlanta, um, at that Wendy's, Ray Ray Shard. I can't remember um, how to this? say his name. Uh, there was a that was like after the whole all the protests and the the George Floyd and all that. There was a guy killed in an uh, Atlanta, um, Wendy's parking lot because he fell asleep in the drive-thru so they they called the cops and then the cops came and uh, gave him like a sobriety test and talked to him for 20 minutes or so and then when it was time to arrest him he tried to make a run for it then there was a a scuffle and he he was tased I think but then he grabbed the taser which mind you had already been disarmed because it was already fired twice but because he had the taser and he started to make started to book it one of the cops mowed him down took out his gun, mowed him down. And uh, there's, you know, it sparked the debate up all over again. There was, I think they, they torched that Wendy's and... Uh, Flame broiled um, it. Yeah, and, but it's just like the, the cops, they, they don't have, it goes like straight from like, well, we're out of options. It goes, <laughs> goes from zero to a hundred, like zero didn't work. Okay, the taser didn't work. Time to put them down. End, end them, time to end them. On to and the next dimension, sir. Yeah, there should be there should be more steps. Middle grounds. Yeah. yeah. That'd be like... I don't know. That'd be like Zoom shutting down just now. Like, we couldn't get it going. And it's, instead of like, hey, man, you want to try Skype? It'd be like, fuck it. Slam the computer shut. Torch the house. This yep. podcast is over. Like, yep. no, we don't... Drove. Yeah. Car doesn't work. It's not, fuck it. Burn it down. It's like, have you tried jumping it? Oh, okay. You jumped it? Okay, now you still have a working car. Instead, it's just like, <laughs> all right, sir, please don't run away. You're running away. All right, man. Just say goodbye. Like, yeah, yeah but it, I'm also someone that I've never had to be a law enforcement officer. And this is, I mean, clearly, uh, this is just my bullshit opinion. I'm 29. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm going to anyway because this is my platform that I can be an asshole on. And... I can kind of see where, like, yeah, right. Yeah, I I can kind of see where, like, if you're in that spot as a cop, I could kind of see it as like you're not really trying to be this like idyllic, like don't de-escalate. You're just like, I got kids, I got a wife, and if shit happens at work, it's me or him, and I'm going home. Like, it's I can definitely see where that would. I don't agree with it, but I can like. I can definitely see that. like if you were drafted into war or something, you like you sure. if you were you weren't special forces, you're just an occupying force. Imagine you're in Vietnam and it's just like the seventies, uh-huh. you got a wife back home and kids. You see any anything moving, you're just gonna mow it down or torch it. Like you don't you don't want to kill in six civilians. Like that's not I'm sure there are some psychopaths that did. You don't you don't want to. You're probably just like I'm going home to my wife and kids. I'm going yeah, to shoot the yeah. I'm going to shoot the next ten things that move, because yeah, one of them might be a soldier. Die. Yeah. You will not die more than you don't want to kill. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's I mean it's like 
You know, it's like kids in like Afghanistan where like the Taliban would just go knocking on doors and it'd be like, literally like you're old enough, like your balls have dropped, like here's an AK, you're joining the militia. You said no, all right, put him against the wall, blow his brains out, next brother, you're joining the militia. Like, yeah, okay, like, and then we look at it as like, you're in the Taliban, you're like, dude, I didn't have a choice, man. You know, yeah. it's, if I, if I was in 1940s Germany, I would have told the Nazis to fuck off. Totally, man. So so much is circumstance where yeah. and when we were born. Yeah. And if, if we were born just 60 years sooner, we'd been fighting alongside grandpa. Yeah. Or we'd be or we'd be in a camp or we'd be the and or we'd be the guard in the camp. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who's to say I'd like to believe that I would be so righteous that I wouldn't do it and I'd be like Sophie Scholl and I'd I'd go out swinging with my boots on. But can't say that for sure never yeah. been in that situation yeah it's very it's very easy to think about it and be like man i'd fucking shoot those nazis and you know i'd go down fighting i'd rig my house up home alone style like you have all these one like they didn't know that i mean like yes they were the nazi party but like they didn't know that like they were the nazis this is while it's happening so it's mm-hmm. not like oh hitler it's just like this whole thing's happening in real time and it's just like, huh? What's going on? And yeah, it's okay. I'll yeah, I'll join up. Sure, okay. I get money. They're not going to kill my family. Okay, that's good. Like, you don't have the internet. You don't know what's going on. You probably you know maybe your dad fought in World War One, and you're just like, oh, I'm just serving my country. And it, it's not until it's all over, and you're like, wait, what? I was on that side. It's yeah. And I'm sure there were some Nazi fucking demons that were just Nazis, and yeah, they need to die. But like. Yeah, man. What if you? Yeah, you're a guard, and it's like they're just training millions of people. I mean, train like literally like a locomotive. They're training them in on railroads and gassing them, and you're watching this this apathetic murdering machine with the with the meticulous, I guess, execution. No pun intended of their wrath with the cold calculation of just like literally like a machine and you're watching all of this and how they are they don't give a fuck about just like i mean there are reports from like night by eli weissel who survived the concentration camp just grabbing babies from mother's arms fling them up and then just target practice babies fucking babies and you're watching them do all of that so you're seeing just how ruthless they are you are then going to turn to that power and go I'm not fighting for you. They've clearly just showed they don't give a fuck about anyone. Yeah. I mean, what is the what is the right move? I mean, shit, we're five minutes in. We're already debating the ethics of being, being a Nazi. Guess this went off the rails quick, but... Uh, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of good people survived fighting for Germany. Um, and uh, they just kept their heads low and did the best they could and and luckily they survived the one of the best i i am kind of a world war ii buff one of the best documentaries i've ever seen breaking up but uh sorry you said best documentary you've ever seen yeah still yeah you froze up for a second you said best documentary you've seen about world war ii 
yeah nazis a lesson from history and there i remember a, a little clip from that where a guy that fought for the german army said as soon as they in, invaded i think it was poland mm-hmm. it was when they, they it was either they marched into poland or they marched into czechoslovakia he said this wasn't germany anymore this wasn't the germany i knew like we were marching in there and and like a lot of his comrades had turned dark and they were they were doing dark things and he said like this is not this does not resemble my home country anymore and uh he just fought in the army and eventually he's happened to survive the war so he was able to tell a story but i'm sure there was tons of good people that were just swept up by circumstance and they just tried to survive and hopefully they made it yeah and so that they could be a good person come out the other side still be a good person yeah i mean yeah like what do you do in that in that scenario i mean i i I mean i'm 29 now but i guess i could see it man you're 18 you're you're in this you're drafted again you don't have the internet you don't you're very limited all you know is your country good everyone else bad you're swept up into this thing you're given a flashy uniform told that you are the saviors of this nation and just told to go take out the enemy of the nation and it's you and all your buddies and you're jacked up on hormones and literally meth because the nazis gave them meth shit man i mean yeah it is a weird psychology how yeah darkness can be adopted especially in nazi germany if you are um there's an audiobook i'll send you nazis in the occult uh, uh, have you ever you ever heard of that book um no i've 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 heard of the that connotation before though nazis in the occult and uh i've seen some some documentaries it might even have been in that same nazi documentary i mentioned but i know that they started out um like sort of as like hippies yeah they like they were into the 20s and they were into like eastern mysticism and uh eastern religions and they would dance around naked and they look like a bunch of hippies and then like fast forward 15 20 years and they're exterminating people like what yeah i'm kind of a hybrid i have some hippie tendencies myself so that caught my attention like Whoa. yeah all my all my burning man friends are going to start them start a concentration camp if we're not careful <laughs> yeah <laughs> man it's i mean i'm a couple years removed from it but yeah i had a couple year stretch where it was tie-dye long hair acid oh that's right that's what you were saying yeah and but yeah yeah they had the Onanerba society the nazis did the, the ss and the sd and they literally i mean like it sounds like a shitty like youtube conspiracy channel but i mean like they truly they went on expeditions all around the world in the 30s and leading up to the 40s to like the mayan temples to the pyramids to yeah all these eastern sites and literally we're trying to find like relics of because they were looking at it as they were trying to look at it i could be butchering this they're trying to look at it as like is this just a form of science that we haven't discovered yet you know they're looking for the lost ark yeah well indiana jones had to stop yeah 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 exactly and that's factually correct (laughs) but apparently hitler was obsessed with um the spear or the whatever it was that supposedly pierced the side of christ on the cross apparently hitler was obsessed with this thing and 
that was like one of the early things he did when he got to power like you know like because the Nazis stole all these monuments and paintings and not monuments all these paintings and artifacts and gold and precious shit apparently that was one of his first things was like we need to get that and like obsessive about it like they had all these weird like rituals and shit like and and it was all about was Albert Speer the main architect they always talk about like all this shit like these ceremonies they always need to be done like at midnight and it's like you have to like turn off everything and have these big columns and like the you know you gotta have these hundred foot tall like Nazi drapes and you know everyone needs to be there like torches everywhere it was very I mean they, that's what they thought it was and they called it the cement of blood where like you get initiated and then like they talk about it in um, KL a history of Nazi concentration camps by Nicholas Vi- Voschman Weissman they talk about how they'd literally be like hammered at like 3 in the morning and they'd like go like choose like a prisoner and they just start like beating the shit out of them and finally it would almost like escalate to like a crescendo and then they'd kill them and it was like that's and like yeah it was like a rite of passage it was like you're one of the men now like you're not just a guard like you showed that you're here for like the fatherland yeah man that's a some dark shit it's crazy dark man i like to sometimes think like this house that we live in here is a 1905 house oh yeah so you th- I look around these walls and I go like, this was just standing right here when Hitler decided that he was going to do that. And all those, all that stuff happened. And granddad was a young man and he shipped off like this house was all standing right, right, right here, right here. Yeah. And like, so those, those people uh, technically could have like walked through this door here and oh, yeah. stated like what they were about to go do and went off and did it. It makes it seem more, uh, tangible and reachable and not some like far off black and white reality yeah to me and uh it's just a trip man it's just seriously a trip there's a good documentary um a newer one on uh, netflix right now about um and frank yeah what's it called and it's called parallel stories and frank and uh there's some people that are still alive that um knew her in the concentration camps how they were children also and they're like it like if Anne frank was alive she'd be 90 right now and she was oh, like that's 15. Not, that's not like that's not super old i mean it's old but yeah I've yeah talked. but so there's people that met her that were five years younger than her and they're still alive that's and, insane uh, and they're talking on on camera this and uh but yeah especially when you're dealing with the children aspect it's just unfathomably evil and cruel yeah and it's just recent history man it's like just people are still alive they're still here there yeah it's just right there my my granddad was there both a couple my granddads were there but um one of them i knew real well the other ones i didn't know know so well but yeah my i've got I've got some, uh, I've got a, a lapel pin type thing that my grandpa captured in Italy. And it's got the Italian flag and the Nazi flag on this like little cufflink type of thing. Oh, yeah. And that's my, uh, that's my, I don't know what you call that. Heirloom. Relic or whatever. Yeah. An heirloom, a relic from WW2. 
and grandpa actually brought back a bunch of cool shit. Most of it's at my auntie's house, but there's like a, a Luftwaffe helmet. There's a Holy gas mask. Shit. Dude, can you there's get some, that? Can you get that shit? I don't mean like steel. I mean just like, dude, I need to do a podcast with you. Just have it fucking hold it up, man. That'd be badass. My great uncle, cool. my great uncle was on D-Day and he died a couple of years ago. But yeah, he was on Omaha Beach. He was, yeah, 18 years old. Rest in peace, great uncle Rich. And then went and fought in the, or not fought, worked for the FBI for 50 years. I mean, goddamn, fucking American. But um, he had, he had, um, I vaguely remember seeing it. It was probably uh, had to have been ten, so maybe year two thousand. I remember going to his house and him showing us shit. But I remember one of it was it was yeah it was a dagger with the swastika emblazoned on it, and he had some other shit that he literally took off the bodies of the Nazis he killed mm-hmm. on D-Day. I mean, it's just like holy I've got shit. Pictures. I've got pictures of my grandpa's stuff and uh, I actually posted them on Reddit like maybe five years ago and I didn't think it would be it get garner any attention but it, it got like 4,000 uh, votes <laughs> or something <laughs> and people were all over it I called it creepy Nazi shit too and people came at me for being judgmental about the creepy Nazis <laughs> but um uh, yeah, it's it's some pretty cool stuff. Like even the Luftwaffe helmet, you can still see the emblem a little bit, which I guess is rare. And it still has the webbing, uh, like the inside oh, the helmet, geez. and the leather strap, which is excessively uh, rare. Holy and shit! And then the, yeah, there's there's the gas mask, which is just really a uh, kind of um, iconic and eye popping in and of itself. Mm. And then there's a couple other things. Oh, there's a um, a belt that's got the the German got mittens. Yeah. Like in German, like God's with us, but it looks like got mittens. Like, yeah, we actually have gloves. You got mittens, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to the Third of, Reich. Warm and it's cozy. Pretty cool. It's pretty, um, it's pretty cool stuff. My, then of course my dad said they used to run around with the helmet on and play army, yeah. <laughs> army and whatnot. And, uh, I've got um, my a couple step grandpas. One step grandpa was a was a MP at the Battle of the Bulge. Oh shit! My uncle's dad was. I can't, yeah, I can't ask him about anything much about that. He was a he was a really nice, cheerful guy. Uh, he was a fun guy. But then I had another step grandpa that uh, he was in the Battle of Guadalcanal. Oh fuck! And he did not talk about that. Yeah, I mean, he did on occasion. Um, he told uh, told me a story once that he they hit the beach in the dark, bullets flying everywhere. So you you can't you're just it's just plain luck if you survive it. And I think he was 17 at the Fuck. time, and so he hit the beach in the dark and just made his way to to a ditch along the beachhead. And uh, I believe he lost his gun because he was probably running like this. Oh, yeah. And so he found he found a ditch and he said he just lied in the ditch, hoping he didn't get shot or blown up until it became lighted out. And then once it became light enough to see, he grabbed a, a rifle off a dead comrade and then what was left of the forces that hit the beach, they they had become pretty heavily decimated. I think it, um, very heavy casualties in in the those groups. And so what was left, they 
banded together and then just tried to find the other Americans. And so there was a small group of them and they just moved through the jungle trying to find their other forces. And he said they didn't eat or sleep for three days. I believe it, and man. I, I believe that story came up when I said I was hungry. Uh, fuck. <laughs> you didn't sleep for three days. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm, I mean, like, I, I get why like a lot of people don't like him. I personally don't give a fuck. Bill O'Reilly. That being said, he has a fantastic ghostwriter. This has nothing to do with him. It's just whenever I say the books by Bill O'Reilly, people are like, oh, yeah. yeah, fuck him. I don't care. It's just, but his book, Killing the Rising Sun, it's entirely written by his ghostwriter. So just don't look at his Bill O'Reilly. But it's the only yeah. way I can refer to the book. So Killing the Rising Sun by Bill O'Reilly. Dude, that is a book about, like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, the war in the Pacific. And it kind of, like, narrates as well as, like, the Manhattan Project. But I'm listening to it again right now. And, yeah, just, like, dude, the shit they talk about on, uh, Pelilu, Pelilu, yeah, uh, Iwo Jima, yeah, Lede, yeah, dude, it's holy shit, yeah. They just talk like the because the beaches were like hard and like coral, like you couldn't even dig, so it wasn't even like you can dig and get down. It was literally just like open the doors, go, and just yeah. dark man, just getting mowed down and just dark, yeah, and. Jesus Christ, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's... There's something about the Pacific that just... Maybe it's because I'm white and I hate sunburns. And I guess I just kind of like... I hate the ocean. I hate sand. I hate salt water. Dude, Dude, I watched... Yeah. I watched a band of brothers, of course, like everyone. Right? And then it was so good. And it's in Europe and everything. And then so we... we, uh, eventually got the long-awaited pacific right and it's just blood guts pacific seems like, like pacific yeah dude it pacific seems was so much straight blood and guts there's no like there's no french girls there's no like buildings to hide behind it's it was just yeah. fucking torturous hot conditions and blood and guts and, and absolute abject human misery dude i would not to like downplay like the European theater, but I would have taken that ten out of ten times over the Pacific. Oh, yeah, Fuck yeah. Fuck that. I think my uh, the my aforementioned grandpa had it fairly uh, lucky in a way, even though he got Purple Heart, he got shrapnel a couple times. And I think uh, until he had his knee replaced, he lived with shrapnel in his knee. But he fought in Africa, Northern Africa, and then sure. in Italy. Then hence he got the little Italy yeah. thing. And uh, but he was part of like um, he's part of like a construction contingent. I forget what they call that, but CBS. like their job was to like go in and clear like clear roads or build a bridge or so forth. And um, and actually, an interesting thing, I posted a picture of him in Italy on Reddit once. And uh, people that are smarter than I am were able to tell me more about the picture based on like the truck that was in the background uh-huh. and the the um, the license plate on the truck and like what that that was registered to a certain contingent and what so that could tell us like what he was there to do and that's awesome. So I encourage anyone if you got pictures uh, and and mysterious. Uh, just unanswered questions about 
that sort of thing. You can post it online, and people that are yeah just in scholars will tell you can tell you so much. Oh yeah, you'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn so much about it. Dude, there's a Maya passed away several years ago. My uh, uncle Tim was drafted into Vietnam, and I was gonna say my my uncle my uncle's dad he fought in the Battle of the Bulge. And but yeah, my so but my uncle Tim, he was in Vietnam and there's such this like crazy picture because in my family's from like northern New Hampshire, near uh, Berlin. I'm not from there, but it's a tiny little town way up there. But that's the first place to vote in the United States. It's that is the first place in so there are like these like old like rich lodges up there. It's a poor town, but there are these rich lodges up there in the mountains. And all, I mean, it goes back to, I mean, I don't know how many, like a century ago, but it's like, you know, the presidential, like the candidates will always go there and be like, I'm casting my first vote because insert state stands behind, you know, you know, whatever just your canned bullshit is. But so, um, at the time, I think it was, he was running for Senate, but a young JFK is up there and there's a picture of him and he's like standing with this like crowd of reporters it's got to be in the 50s and you can see in the pictures is my uncle tim 10 years old maybe That's like maybe 10 feet from him and yeah there's just this black and white photo but then it's crazy because like 10 years later like that young kid was drafted into vietnam like, well, granted, JFK was dead in 63, but, like, indirectly, it's, like, this weird, like, 10 years late, like, the different paths of, like, this incarnation. Yeah. You can be this, like, part of this, like, political dynasty billionaire dad from bootlegging moonshine in the 20s into being, you know, may or may not have had mob ties. You and your brother go into the upper echelons of politics. You're literally the president. You're nailing Marilyn Monroe. And then it's like, or you can just be like born in this poor town and get drafted into Vietnam. And it's like, and then the, but there are these weird moments where you, you physically uh -huh. are just a couple feet apart and like, and then it's captured. Like what the, it's, it's a trip, man. It's fucking yeah. crazy. It's, I mean, my dad's dad was 18 when he was being drafted to go be part of the mainland invasion in Japan. But then it literally got like, I don't know how exaggerated it is, like the ship literally turned around, but it's like getting ready to be part of the mainland invasion. And then it was like, oh, no, they surrendered. So what happened? And it, oh, we literally kind of, we birthed a little star over two cities and just vaporized them. But it's, so that's one thing I was thinking about. I was like, man, like what if we just didn't drop the nukes? But if it just like wasn't politically, like I wouldn't be here. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, my dad, my uh, granddad also. He said that they were they were in Europe somewhere. I think they were in liberated France. And then when they heard that the bombs were dropped on on uh, Japan, they said that him and all of his buddies were relieved because they they were gearing up to have to go fight in Japan. Yeah. And when they heard they had this new super bomb and they dropped it on Japan, they were like, "I think that means we don't have to go fight in Japan." Yeah. yeah good and that's a good yeah that's that's the way I, I mean it's like 150,000 people killed in each city most of them in horrible I mean 
roughly 75,000 were from the instant destruction, the blast, the thermal pulse. But then the other half died in pretty much the worst way you can ever die. Radiation, acute radiation. And like, I I look at that, I'm like, that's horrible. And like, did we have to drop them? And it's easy because there's 75 years between then and now. We have this luxury of just looking back. But then I think, man, imagine just like two bright white guys like you and me. Imagine me and Phil and we're hopping onto our fifth island and like how many times have our like crew been replaced by just, you know, hey, Bob, you're in the crew now. You're replacing Jim. And then tomorrow, hey, Bob's brains are on my shoulder. Hey, Kevin, you're replacing Bob. Bob replaced the next day. Kevin's heart's on your shoes. And it's like you and I are just like, hey, Phil, we're still surviving this thing. And it's like, fuck, man, I just I just want to go home. I'm fucking burned. You know, we're literally burning these Japanese people alive with flamethrowers to get them out. Women and children are killing themselves and jumping off cliffs because they've been propagandized to think that we're like the aggressor. And then. Well, I don't know if we should drop these bombs on these cities, man. You know, get, no, fuck that. Some... You're like, drop them, drop them all, drop them yesterday. Yeah. I want to go home. I want to go home. Like, and like, yeah, I've heard compelling arguments that uh, they wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, they really, they had this new toy and they wanted to fucking test it out, man. Andy Stump said that. Um, it's yeah. real quick, Phil. I gotta go piss. <laughs> I don't want to edit this out, so can you just fill the gap for like 30 seconds? Just talk? Just gibberish? Boom, boom, boom. Making up a flow. Here we go. Tommy had to go to the toy low. Non-stop, every day. I'm the best rapper. I'm not born in the 20s, so I'm not a flapper. Tommy's in the crapper. Keeper, trapper. School time, schoolhouse, school bell, state by the bell. All them kids on the show. Where did they go? No one knows. I just flow. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a band duel. Light up the stage like a chump with a candle. Dance. Yeah, man, it's there's something I do not understand about like video editing, where it's like if I have it's just like one solid file beginning to end and I upload uh-huh. that like we'll just say it's like a gigabyte. Uh-huh. But if I have to go in and like cut something out, well, one you would think by having less information there would be just less. Not only is it not less, it will like double in size, and that's. I have a biology degree and I don't I'm not even going to pretend to understand this oh well it's this video format and it's all I know is it takes like twice as long to upload to YouTube so <laughs> now I'm just That's like hey people talk yeah. I used to be a videographer um, until I got completely sick with that you and so I that doesn't sound right man yeah I think. maybe but it's iMovie I, think, I don't know are you, using, are you using a free software or something well no, I use Zoom because Zoom records its like own file, and then I screen record with QuickTime Player, and I screen record, and that's the one I upload to YouTube because it's higher video and audio quality. But I, I like Zoom because Zoom has its own like internal recording where it's not recording the screen; it's literally just like directly recording the file. And so, like an hour-long podcast from QuickTime Player, even after I compress it from 4K to 
1080p or 720 it's still like five gigs versus zoom is like an hour podcast will be like 300 megabytes so i can upload it to because i upload to youtube dtube bitshoot spotify so like i like that small file for those because if i try to do the huge file for all of them not important um yeah no but it's iMovie it's but so what I was gonna say uh nukes so we only had so we had enough fissile material to obviously detonate the first one which next Thursday is the 75th anniversary of the first nuclear weapon going off July 16th 1945 5 16 a.m 5:30 a.m Alamo New Mexico Trinity we detonated that one then we detonated August 6th over Hiroshima and August 9th over Nagasaki so we had enough for a test. We had two more, and then we had a third that we didn't use. And it's, it's been called the Demon Core, and it has its own story of coming back to the U.S. So we didn't have like an endless amount. So we used one to test, and then it took two to get them to surrender. Yeah, I. from one hand, I get it. One, I just straight up get it like, hey man, drop it so you don't have to keep fighting. Because if I'm there, I'm saying, yeah, fucking drop it on an orphanage. I don't give a shit. I want to go home. <laughs> but just trying to look at it like tactically, like, okay, could we have just tested it? Dropped it off the... Because 87% of the scientists at the Manhattan Project, physically there, wanted them to do a burst off the coast so the Japanese people could see what this was. <laughs> but the head guy of the Manhattan Project, Leslie Groves, took that said this is you know pacifist bullshit and basically crumbled it up but if we only have four test one and then we drop two on cities and even when we dropped the second it's not that we dropped the second and then they surrendered five more days went by where we were getting ready to drop a th- dropped one. Oh my god they didn't surrender drop another we dropped the second one man and they're still not surrendering what if you had dropped one off the coast and then dropped a first and a second? What if they didn't surrender after the second and you have no more? Then what? So, on the other hand, Andy Stump, former SEAL Team 6 guy and Joe Rogan, <laughs> they're talking about it. Uh, this was years ago. And he was like, do you think we needed to drop that on Hiroshima and Nagasaki? And he's like, I've heard it argued that we could and we couldn't. And Rogan's like, do you think they just wanted to see what it would do over a city full of people knowing they could never do this test again and Andy Stump goes yeah I mean I could see that being a a larger than negligible amount of like let's just do it let's just see what fucking happens yeah yeah that guy's a good guest Andy Stump yeah yeah I checked that out when he's on he's been on there a couple times I've tried to get him on here he uh he won't respond. <laughs> but, oh, he's big time in you. Yeah. Hey, man. Fuck you, Andy Stump. I'll fight you. Yeah, I've uh, I've tried to get him on, but <laughs> um, actually, I remember. So I just saw like a every once in a while, like a random one of my videos would kind of like get more views months afterwards, uh-huh. and like I got a comment on your last vi- on your video, like the other day, huh. and it was like this motherfucker drinking out of a mason jar yeah <laughs> and i was just like yes he is great comment my hippie tendencies man yeah. i drink out of glass yeah i was never like <laughs> glass i was this like, water's never seen plastic doesn't even know what it is doesn't even fucking know it's sheltered 
this is American water. But yeah, I drive. I drive up. I drive up north of town and get water out of a spring. Is that a true story? Really? There's a town north of Seattle called Linwood, and mm-hmm. they have a spring, and we like to call that Lin Hood because it's kind of a rough area, but it's improving. But they have a, a spring there where it, people line up to get the water. So I bring these big five-gallon glass jugs, and I fill up. I get about 50 gallons at a time. Fuck it lasts yeah. my family about a month. Fuck yeah. And we, got, we only got the best motherfucking water. Dude, we got a... a, 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 a part of my family has a, a place up in New Hampshire but yeah dude water is straight from a, a spring or not yeah like a well just like 400 feet yeah. down up in the middle of the mountains dude you drink yeah. that and it's just like ah like it yeah. it sounds cheesy like from the earth but you drink it and you're literally just like it hits different you're just like fuck yeah I want to go yeah. like chop some wood and like weave my own yeah. clothes or something <laughs> like <laughs> I want to go mm-hmm. skin a deer yeah yeah Amen. Yeah. Fuck so you're in Maryland? Yeah. What was the uh, the lockdown like in Maryland? What was that your experience like for that? Um, pretty non-eventful. I just uh, <laughs> I just decided that uh, there's two ways I could go about lockdown. And it was just like huh? not take it well mentally, or I was like I can come out on the other side better off. And, um, yeah, so I've lost, like, 15 pounds and probably listened to about 50, no bullshit, about 50 books on Audible and done about 100 podcast episodes. So lockdown has been, I mean, I guess good. I guess. I mean, it's lockdown. You can't. It's been productive for you. Yeah. and you make the best of, and it's been good for you. And uh, you, you can say that without disrespecting the people that suffered or lost their yeah. lives or lost the other jobs or yeah. had trouble paying rent yeah. or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the 120,000 dead. I, I just, uh-huh. I can, you know, I can go in this one of two ways and try to make the most of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I think it might be starting up again, like a second wave of shutdowns. That's what, that's what I hear, and uh, that's interesting. You're hearing that on the East Coast. We're hearing that on the West Coast. Yeah. And um, things haven't – for me, they didn't change much. I kept working the whole time because I have a government job. Fuck yeah. And and uh, we are we are being, like, partially furloughed right now. Like, they're shaving our hours a little bit, but it's not, it's not too big. And I have overtime, too, so it's just kind of evening out. But my wife is a ma- massage therapist – and they've been shut down um, pretty much indefinitely. And now they're starting back up again, but she doesn't even want to go back because she'd have to work in like a mask and like a surgeon's gown and gloves. And she's just like, fuck that. She doesn't want to do that. And uh, and we're lucky enough to where like we can, we can hack it on my salary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, the kids were out of school and we just made the best of it. And uh, we'll continue to make the best of it, no matter what happens. And hopefully, yeah. shit doesn't hit the fan too hard. Yeah, I mean, but. we're not we're not at war in the Pacific. <laughs> like, yeah, we can make the most of it. You know, yes, it's 
we can make it through this. If our society survived the trauma of that, I think, I think we can uh, make it through this. And we can make it through the, the uh, police brutality issue as well. Yeah. Where, where do you think that's all going? Do you, has it, I really did unplug for like a week. I didn't even really realize it until the last couple of guests I've had on. I realize I'm like I'm not up to date on anything. I kind of just dis every once in a while you need that. Just give your brain a little like little rest. Just kind of so give it a little massage. Just like and every time, every time you come back, there's always like, oh man, you didn't hear the fucking world's burning down. Yeah, and you're like oh. I looked out my window and neighborhoods seem to be peaceful. But. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I realized. I was like getting so like almost wound up on your phone at night and I'd realize I'd be like what the fuck are we you know I'm laying there sideways just my fat face pressed up against the pillow I'm like we can't defend the priest what are you doing we can't be doing that stock market's great I can't believe Joe Biden I can't believe Donald Trump the world's fucked it's the end of the you know and I'm like it's so we're all fucked we're all stu-. and then I like every once in a while like, I'd accidentally like drop my phone and I like couldn't find it and in that like 10 seconds of it being gone like you just hear like the bugs at night like zzz, you know it's yeah. just like you look out the window it's just like a star twinkling like the leaves are and you're like yeah. hey is that anything really bad at all you're in bed air conditioners just humming along well, i suppose some- it's, a, it's a little of both and you can uh, appreciate both because mm-hmm. like i'm sure like when the nazis were down the road it might have seemed pretty peaceful right before where they showed up you know and didn't touche have done they wouldn't have done those people any good to be like everything's fine yeah but at the same time uh appreciate appreciate the moment because like if nazis are coming and there's nowhere to run and then now is all we have might as well appreciate that until they show up and we have to fight to the death yeah fuck yeah start biting them just go out Uh screaming man that's what you got to do man nazis start coming door to door don't fight them man strip naked cover yourself in like shampoo so you're slippery just start humping them, man. <laughs> they won't want to go near you, dude. They'll all be ripping on each other like, hey, man, you got humped by that guy. Like, yeah, we had to shoot him in the head. You know, I don't know. That's my just plan. Just weirdness. That's that's my plan, like man. That's my defense. Just yeah. bizarreness. You ever seen those guys, like, streaking? And every once in a while, one of them, like, gets a good plan. Instead of just getting tackled by the cops, they'll turn around and start, like, <laughs> going at yeah. the, And they're like, oh, jeez. And it's like, hey, man, at the very core, it's like we're all still dudes. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a middle ground with that. Like, you can't drive yourself crazy and import, like, pure fear and hysteria through your phone. Like, oh, the world's going over. It's the worst thing ever. And it's just, like... You're sitting there with like your glass of spring water and it's just like it's not that bad man like but then at the same time you're right you can't just you know yeah there's a weird smell coming from those chimneys and it's you know they're at a weird camp down the street called auschwitz hey man sun shining you know sure there's some panzer tanks but hey dude have some iced tea man i think there are people being burned alive in that camp the birds are chirping dude you know it's there's a middle ground it's what's that plane doing up there it's hey man just listen to the river because then you know then you're in hiroshima and yeah middle ground dude it's so if if ufos came how do you think it would 
on and I don't mean in how they would like appear. Let's just let's just say it's your your classic just like big old fucking, you know, ship just sitting in the sky. Like no not destroying anything, not like Independence Day. Mm-hmm. But I I was thinking like it wouldn't have to do anything. Like what if it just came? Have you seen Arrival? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's that's that's a fucking awesome movie. But like, what if they just came and like they didn't do anything? They didn't interact with anything. Like, what do you think that alone would do to like the human psyche? Let's just mile wide, just a big old disc, just black, whatever. Uh, it's got to have it's you know it's got to have the force field. You shoot the missiles at it, nothing happens. But it doesn't fire back. It just sits there. And it can't be over the classic DC or or New York. It's Seattle. Say it goes to fucking Seattle. Uh-huh. And it's sitting there by the, the big that big pyramid building. Was it Transamerica? Is that it? Is that still the name? Seattle? Is that, no, that's San Francisco, is it? Yeah, I don't know what that. The fuck's one. in Seattle. Whatever. It's just over yeah. Seattle. What? The Bezos balls. Yeah. Bezos <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What happens when that, like, truly, though, like, what? I've always thought, like, how do you think it would unfold? Like, at first, do you think you'd see it on Reddit and you think it's like a meme or something? I'm sure, like, people that couldn't see it would it would say it was a hoax to uh, designed to, like, destabilize the population so that someone can take over or something. I bet you just see all possible outcomes simultaneously. There's people that... <laughs> would go totally zen there's people that would lose their shit there's uh the religious zealots would probably lose their fucking minds and uh the looters there's always looters as we know they'll they'll be out like it's this looting super bowl now ufo bro (laughs) time to go get a tv yeah yeah it would be i think you're right all possible outcomes yeah you'd have like mass suicides You'd have people just fucking in the streets. Just like, hey man, you, me, let's go for it. Yeah. It would... Well, then there would have to be, like, live streams. where People would start to get, like, people... Not just, like, do you trust the news? It'd literally be, like, I would call you and be like, Phil, is there a bait? And you'd be like, I'm looking at it, man. There's, like, a big old fuck. And I'd be like, okay, okay. Well, yeah. this, this is weird. And I would live stream it, and then Absolutely. people would be like, oh, look at all these different live streams. You can't deny all the live streams. And they're like, yeah, you can. Those are all agents. But then yeah. someone would be like, no, I, I know that guy. And be like, then you're an agent, yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd just be all possible outcomes simultaneously. You're, you're right. That That's just VFX. That's that's a deep fake. And finally... And I, would, I would not trust the stability of society in that moment. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I am... I am a uh, an armed citizen. I would protect my family with my rifle. And, with extreme prejudice. Goddamn right. Oh, I would. We would have the ammo boxes, and we'd set up a perimeter. Get the Luftwaffe might, helmet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah. I think you're right. The I don't trust this. I don't trust the like Men in Black. You know, a human is smart. People are stupid. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the best quotes ever. I share that one with my kids. From time to time. <laughs> yeah. A person is smart. People, People are stupid. stupid. Yeah. 
that's that's uh, so, that's one thing i'll keep going yeah that's one thing i've thought about with coronavirus i was like how quickly it went from like this can't come to here to like quarantine to like get in the car we're going to walmart grab everything don't you know fight fight to the death we need the toilet paper in the windex no one breathe in the air fucking go home <laughs> shut the doors fill the bathtub with water it's over and that happened really quick yeah and it kind of simmered but that's one thing i thought was like okay i just saw firsthand this was my little experience that pretty much cemented in my mind like once I can turn this podcast into like revenue, I was like, I am going way out in the sticks. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the that's really that's what these last couple months, really the first like week of quarantine, that's what cemented in my mind. I was like, everyone went crazy. Yeah, really it's crazy how fast it happened. And like really as we were quick. saying, one of our first attempts at recording this um, podcast mm -hmm. was. Uh, just uh, with the arrogance of of us at the beginning, but it wasn't unfounded because we've we've heard these things before yeah. that like oh, yeah. fucking bird flu, swine yeah. flu, Ebola, Zika, yeah, oh, it's gonna fucking rot, uh, melt your insides, and then it comes and goes, and we're like once again, we're like see these fucking guys, and then so um, it started up again. I remember going to a Mexican restaurant with family. And uh, my my stepmom was saying like, hey, what do you guys think about this? I think it was still January, might have been February. They're like, hey, what do you think? What's going on? And myself and my older brother, who's probably the smartest guy I know, was like, ah, blah, blah. yeah. And I was like, holy, blah, blah, blah. it's like we've heard this before. It's like part of the news cycle. Like every year and a half to two years, there's some virus we got to be scared shitless of. But then it picked up steam, and before you knew it, we were fucking locking down, and schools were closing, and basketball season was canceled. That was one of the first ones March for Madness. me. When when NBA uh, was like the season is on hold indefinitely, it was like, excuse me. Yeah, when I heard excuse March me. Madness was canceled, that's when I was like, yeah, yeah, unprecedented. That was one of those unprecedented that, things. Or yeah, that's when it got a little oh, weird. Yeah. And this is an unprecedented. Yeah, man. There's, I think I did get super sick, and um, I I got tested for the flu. I actually went to the hospital because I was so sick in February. We went to Texas and came back, and uh, I don't think I had the virus uh, because um, I don't know. I didn't. I was never like super short of breath. Like I was really sick. Like, and when I went to the hospital, they tested me for the flu, and I actually had two flus. Said so I had influenza A and influenza B. And I was like, well, that makes sense. It's usually uh, I stay pretty healthy and uh, I can beat a flu in like two, three days tops. And this one was, I was running on five days. Oh, fuck. And I couldn't sleep. And it was the middle of the night. And so I just called the, the nurse line. I was like, I need help. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I went to the hospital, went to urgent care, and they gave me some good shit. Fuck yeah. feeling much better. Give me IV. Give me some Tordal. And uh, I'd only ever heard about Tordal from NFL players. I don't know what that. That's is. what they. Do. It's it's like a hardcore like intravenous uh, 
like ibuprofen and it allows nfl players to play through injuries oh jesus yeah like nfl guys get shot up with that like every sunday i think oh my god and it's yeah and it's hardcore i've heard of there was a guy used to play for the seahawks said it shut down his kidneys and he almost died but i'm not doing it every sunday i just got it this (laughs) one particular early morning and i felt so much better and uh, that actually i kind of was on the upswing after that but um it was it was right when i went to the hospital it was like at that point it was if you've been to china please like alert the uh, hospital staff right away and then it was probably a week later you know that it maybe even five days later it started to really crack down like it doesn't matter where you're from fucking Put on a mask if you think you have COVID. Stay at home because oh, we don't shit. need to spreading it around. Oh, so this was this was before it really like broke. Yeah, it was just before. Okay, okay. It was like it was mid February, mid to late February. We had gone to Texas and came back, and uh, we all got it pretty bad. I had it the worst that time. So, oh, okay. So I thought I thought you were saying that this was like it already happened, and I was like. If you just called them and you're like, I'm sick, at that, I, I feel like they'd be like, stay the fuck home. <laughs> Hang up. Don't it talk was, to it me. It was just before. Yeah. It was just before that. It was uh, when I went to the hospital, it was like, if you've been to Wuhan, China, like, please tell the hospital staff right away. But um, okay, it, was, noted. it was a few days. It was a, actually, I think I called them back like a week later to be like, dude, did we have, did I have the, the COVID? Like, should I go get tested to see if I had it? And they were like, no, you don't need to do that. But at, at that point, they were saying, if you think you have the COVID, just stay at home. Because yeah. we don't need, we can't, we don't have enough resources yet to help everyone at the hospital. And so unless like you can't breathe, like just stay at home right now. Yeah. And uh, so that was hardcore, man. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it, you're right. It it wasn't unfounded because you're right. It's every couple of years. It's I remember it was like my first week of college. So it was like August 2009, and I was like one of the sickest I had ever been. And I remember I went to like the the whatever the health center, and I got some like antibiotics. And they're like, and I was just like shaking and like cramping, and and they're like, and I started to get better. And they're like, it came back. They're like, yeah, I had whatever it was like H1N1, and I was like really and they're like yeah and i was like i mean that sucked like i was really sick but like i was just sick like it sucked but it was just if you've ever thrown up and had diarrhea and the chills it's like it sucks but it's you know you're sick whatever you're yeah this one was different because it was here it comes here it comes and it's like oh yeah what all right man yeah oh sure yeah once again yeah and i think it was like a couple episodes before I had you on or maybe only a couple after like within a couple days I was supposed to have on this guy that you could to do like a I don't want what do you gotta go I know you gotta work and shit I don't want to keep you forever oh in, in 10 minutes or so alright cool you go to doing 12 minutes sure hell yeah I'm, I'm the yeah. I'm the great I'm the great debater or the great deal maker I got 12 minutes out of him um yeah 5.45 my time. It's, um... I was supposed to have on this guy that had this, like, UFO channel. And I was just trying to get anyone on my podcast. And I was like, cool, he's gonna come on. He was on Reddit. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna get this guy on. And I remember he emailed me, like, the day of. And was like, hey, man, I can't do it. And I was like, that... 
okay that you know it kind of fucks up my day but he was like i apologize man i just i gotta go get supplies and i was like that's cryptic and he was like yeah i gotta go get like masks like food and water because they're gonna start the government's gonna start shutting down california and I remember when I heard that, I was like, of course the guy at the UFO channel is now convinced that the government's going to shut down the state. Because that, at the time, we've how many times have we heard that? Every president for the last five presidents, they're going to declare martial law, FEMA camps, yeah. National Guard, and it yeah. never comes. And so here's the UFO guy. I'm like, of course this guy needs all this shit because, uh-huh, yep, the black helicopters are coming. And I said it as much when I had someone replace him. And I'm chatting with him at the beginning. And I'm like, hey, yeah, man, I just had a guy. And I just told him this, what I just told you. And he was like, what? And yeah, man, eat a big old slice of humble pie. Because that is exactly what happened. <laughs> that is, He's never responded to me since. But shout out UFO guy. You saw the writing on the wall. I apologize. I, I would love to be in your militia when it all goes to hell. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's. Yeah, it's weird because this one actually did sweep the world and Olympics, March Madness, everything just shut down. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, what is can do you think this opens the door? Do you think what do you think this what do you how do you think this is going to affect the next the next scary virus? Do we? Do we double down and just go, fuck you, I'm not doing this again? Or do we freak out early and just like, let's catch it early, let's shut down the world? You know, I don't know, but I think we're going to have maybe a dress rehearsal here. If they shut it down again, I think we'll see a lot more people, especially since it's summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, that a lot of people will just be like, nah. Fuck off. Fuck that. Like, and then other people will be in the middle and like, they'll be like, we're going camping, but we're going to stay six feet apart and we're going to have a big bucket of hands that we just dip our arms into. But uh, we, we'll see what happens with uh, round two of the shutdown here, man. Cause it also the, uh, the economic thing and, yeah. um, and the big thing is like uh, an economic downturn also means people die. Yeah as we know and um and there's also the uh just the um i kind of lost my train of thought there for a second and i'm still trying to get it back fear fear mongering do we shut it down do we double down or do we say fuck off middle ground do you think people that are going to go really far in and be like we're shutting it down now i'm hiding in my basement I don't know, man. I guess I guess we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting here because um, uh, I've had I've had I've heard that you know certain areas are have a big uh, surge of cases. Like um, some of the places around here in Washington got a bunch of cases where they had like one in the first round. Now they had like fifteen in a day, or something like small towns in eastern Washington, which is kind of like the more uh, arid farmland areas of Washington. And like a lot of people don't know, Washington's like two thirds sage country and desert. Like the only Western Washington is is evergreen. I just assumed it was all Seattle. Yeah, in my mind, I just have this image of it's just. You go an hour, you go an hour east and you're past the mountain. Once you're past the pass, you're into sage country. God's country. 
you know, you just it's it's a red state once yeah. you get east of the mountains, man. Yeah, dude, I remember when I lived in Maine, my junior year of high school, coming from Atlanta. I remember mm-hmm. they were all like, because I so we moved to like Portland, Maine, which is a tiny little place compared to fucking Atlanta, and they were like, "Are these the first skyscrapers you've seen?" And I was like, <laughs> I was like "What?" And they're like, "You're from Atlanta, right?" They're like, "Georgia." It's all just like farms and shit, and I was like, "What image do you have of Georgia?" That's just pretty like, ignorant. Do you think I'm just coming up with like my banjo? Like, I got blisters on these fingers, boy. <laughs> and I remember they asked me. They're like, "Cause you know, this is like 2000s, like you know, like Usher, Lil John, Ludacris. They're like, do you see Usher?" And I'm like, "Yeah, all 50 million of us just fucking walk." Yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, you fucking dipshits." But I guess that's my image of, I was just like, yeah, I was like, what, Seattle, I was watching, it's all just Seattle, where apparently I superimposed the San Francisco skyline, and uh, (laughs) that's all, I assume it's that, and that, yeah, I just assume it's like, rainy and forests. That's basically, Oregon and Washington both have this, they're, they're almost mirrored states in a way, where it's like, if you, if you combine them together, like, there's Oregon, there's Washington, and then like over on the coast it's all green and like liberals and then but the majority of the eastern side of the states is all like farmland yeah and god's country and arid uh, sage country uh you know farmland and that's where actually a lot of my family's from good people yeah man those rural places dude i i love it i mean i like the like the conveniences of cities but goddamn man yeah I know, I'm totally torn, man. I love yeah. the city and all, all the culture. Modernization, the, yeah. but Good coffee and the ocean. I, I would feel kind of lost if I wasn't near the ocean in a way, but I also love getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And uh, there's some good coastal towns where you could get both, Ooh. especially like uh, the peninsula is mostly sparsely populated uh, here in Washington. Is uh, like we're on the Puget Sound, which is an inlet from mm-hmm. the ocean. And that all along Puget Sound is pretty well populated. But if you go out onto the, the Olympic Peninsula, it's pretty sparsely populated. It's just trees and foot, trees and mountains as far as you can see. It actually takes forever to drive around it because there's no easy way to just plow like a freeway right through it. Yeah. So if, if you drive around the peninsula, I mean, to circumnavigate the whole thing, it takes like 12 hours or something. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, yeah. Yeah. Just little coastal roads the whole way yeah and we're actually gonna we're gonna go out there uh, and stay stay at an airbnb at the end of the month here. hell yeah 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 isn't it just like the ultimate wilderness there like it's like if you like i think there was like a plane crash years ago and like some girl survived and it, she somehow survived like 20 days but they're like dude if you're out there like you might as well be in the middle of like the sahara they're like it is like dense as fuck like you are not that i know yeah. but yeah man it's yeah, there's a, yeah, there's big swaths of, of uh, forest around, you know, within uh, driving distance of here that are pretty damn epic. Yeah. I like to go mushroom hunting, Fuck and uh, when you go when you go deep, when you go really deep is around here is morels. Like you you can get you, you can stay in town and look for chanterelles, but when you go looking for morels, it's it's not as much foraging as it is hunting. You have to keep in mind like altitudes, and uh, topography 
and uh, whether or not it's accessible by car and if there's a if there's a like a four-wheel drive road like a track or trail that'll that'll get you close enough to where you can hike in and then you're thinking about which uh, north facing slope um, and, and then you're looking for a, a place that was burned like a forest fire like the year before and so it's like it's serious you got to get like first of all you pull up the maps if i was going to go mushroom hunting this year i haven't gone for a couple years but if i would pull up all the burns from last year and the year before and see where they are to see if they're on public land see if they're accessible by road see if there's any water there and then once you have all like possible spots you can go then i start uh hounding the the internet forums to see where people are finding morels and then just it's all recon man that's awesome and then once you get out there you got to be really careful not to get lost because you're deep you're deep and you go off trail if there's even is a trail you're going off of it and uh so i usually use like a gps app on my phone to where even if i don't have cell reception it'll still show me like a track of where i've been so i can find my way back to where i started and uh that's intense it's sasquatch country out here man i was about to say yeah it's using sas i know we only got a minute left but so what is it like psychedelic mushrooms or is it just like gourmet or something? These are gourmet mushrooms. Okay. I do enjoy psychedelic mushrooms as Ooh. well. Uh, I have a family these days, so I don't have um, sure. as much freedom to take them when I want to. But uh, those actually grow right here in Seattle. That's don't have was... to go far for those at all. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been they grow seven, quite plentifully. If you know where to look and you know what you're looking for, they're and during the season, which is like October, November they're they're quite plentiful i think that's what the na- i think that's what the nation needs man oh yeah we need i don't know man some people some people uh, it can send them into some kind of psychosis other yeah. people will change their life for the better i changed think, my uh, life man yeah amen brother seven i hours. saw you got the, the drug users bible guy on dominic like yeah that was a good one yeah dude it's uh and man, it's what Timothy Leary said with uh, Richard Alpert when they were in Mexico in 63. They had Tinaloctica, Flesh of the Gods. That's what they always called it. The flesh of the Gods. Uh-huh. These are two These were two Harvard psychiatrists. They said they saw more in seven hours than they did in 27 years of studying yeah. like development theory. And Ramdas. Yeah. Fucking yeah, that's cost, a great man. story. Dude, that's I'm, a great story. Are you still a psychonaut? I know you don't have dreads anymore, but do you still uh, partake on occasion? I have not in about five years, but I've always been. It's almost like eye rollingly like hippie, but I really do believe that like they come into your life when it's time for you to take them. I think Hunter Absolutely. S. Thompson said, "You don't find psychedelics; they find you." And yeah, I uh, actually, I I had the opportunity to, of doing ayahuasca one time, and uh, I don't even like that's one of the ones I don't even think I need to do it again. What was this? It was a special a special time in uh, Europe, two thousand seven, and we were staying at this sort of eco farm out in the middle of the Andalusia country, southern Spain, and. Um, it was this little uh, village, and they said this like traveling shaman from. He was from one of the smaller uh, South American countries, 
I can't remember which one exactly he was from. Uh, it's escaping me right now, but his name was Jose Manuel. And he was like a legit traveling uh, ayahuasca shaman. And um, that's the whole other podcast. I was about basically. to say, I was about to say, one, I would love to, I would love of, to pick your brain sure, with that. Sure. One of his uh, more, more um, outstanding statements that stuck with me is he's, Said, resolve to take it. Wait, hold on. So if, it, it, if it broke someone up. out it broke there, up. It, right it, now, you said oh, you said that he's get- your relationship with the vine starts when you resolve to take it. Ah. So if you decide right now I want to do ayahuasca someday, it's already begun. It starts right now, right then at that moment. Your relationship with the vine starts right then. That's beautiful. I like um, Terrence McKenna talked about psychedelic temporal backwash and it was in the days leading up to a a big life-changing trip you'll actually start to you can you'll see in hindsight after the trip that like magic started to happen in like 72 hours before you even ingested the chemical just beautiful things will start happening it's literally you went and had this trip but it's yeah it literally like back like yeah, like water backwash, it literally like sloshes backwards in time. So it's like, here's on your calendar, it's literally like, psh, you know, like uh-huh. you feel it. You're like, what is this? And it's like getting wet before you even t- be like, if you're about to take a shower and it started raining, that's what it's like. It's like pulling you in. I know you got to go. I could talk to you forever, man. I love having you on. Please, I would love to. Thanks for having me on. Dude. Yeah, next time dude. we'll talk about ayahuasca. Dude, and don't be a stranger, man. We don't need to do four months between episodes, dude. We can no. fucking come on yeah. in a week. I don't give a shit. Sure. Let's put it in the calendar. Please do. I'll text you immediately after this, man. You tell me the day and let's do it. I'd love to hear. I'd, yeah, I'd love to pick your mind about ayahuasca. All right, man. I would like to say uh, congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank and you. Continual, continual growth. Thank you. And more and more uh, views each time. Fuck yeah, man! I appreciate that. It's uh, hopefully it hopefully it goes places. I like it, man. It's the podcast is in itself a, a, a fucking psychedelic trip. It's, Follow uh, the vision. Fuck my yeah, friend. man! Fuck yeah! Thank you for doing this. Stay safe. COVID, UFOs, riots, summer Would of you? love. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully next time we won't have any bad updates. If the UFOs come. Take Phil and I, take care of his family. We will be your lap dogs. Just take us up there, shoot us through the yeah, fucking universe. I welcome our new overlords. Dude, I'll Rick and Morty this shit, man. <laughs> I'm down for it, dude. Fuck it. Let's roll. Thank you, Phil. Till next time, brother. Thank you. Peace, buddy. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>